having that experience made me realize that I wanted to make sure that whatever pattern that I designed, I would have all the supplies available. So that's what brought in the idea of the hardware and then added on the zippers and the cork fabric and all of that. Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Make and Decorate podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Socha, and I am so excited. If you are new to the podcast, I've got 34 episodes in season one that you can go back to and listen and enjoy. And uh, for those of you who are up to date, uh, we've got more great creatives to chat with, as well as some solo episodes that I will be doing. And um, I'm working on some more um, product reviews. So one of them is um, a review on batting. Uh, it seemed like last season I talked to many different um, creatives, designers, and so forth, and they all have different battings that they prefer and love for different reasons. So I started to do test samples of some of the different battings, and I'm still working through that. So it's going to be a little bit, but that's one of the things I'm working on. And um, probably coming up in the second half of season two, uh, I am hoping to get a new episode on a sewing machine. Uh, reviews. I did an episode um, on things to consider before buying a sewing machine in season one and uh, went through some of the, you know, um, just general types of sewing machines and different price points. And there have been so many new introductions. Like, who can keep up with this? It's crazy. Uh, so, um, and some of it is just like rebranding. It's the same machine. Maybe they added one or two features and it's like stamped with a different name. So yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult to weed through all that. So I want to take, um, some time and, uh, go through some of these new introduction machines and revisit what's good in each different price point. Okay, so what's been going on since August? It's crazy. It's just like, I am sure everyone is in the same situation, uh, especially if you have children, you have kids that you had to prepare to get back to school, to college, all of that stuff, um, and uh, just uh, the changes of the season. I'm recording this on October 1st, and I think this is going to be our last day it's going to be 90 degrees today on October 1st in Chicago. <laughs> it's a little unusual, but it is what it is. But here's what happens in Chicago. The temperature can change by 20 degrees overnight. So that's pretty much what's going to happen over the next few days. It's going to go down uh, tomorrow. We're going to be in the 70s. And by Wednesday, it's going to be in the 60s. And Thursdays, it's going to be in the 50s. So that's pretty much a dramatic decline in temperature. And it's always hard to adjust when it's so sharp like that. Um, I guess it could come back up again to warmer temperatures, but I don't know. I feel like because it's going to be, it's going to stay in those cool temperatures, at least for the next week. So um, but man, I've heard that some people have already um, gotten snow like up in Idaho and stuff. So, you know, I, I'm not complaining about this 90 degrees today. Okay, wait, I just checked. 
It was a little bit of an exaggeration. We're going to get up to 85 degrees today. 90 was yesterday. <laughs> um, what else? So let me talk about what's been going on, I guess, like business-wise for me. Um, my number one task um, on the hiatus was to um, develop a new type of membership site. I researched... Um, Many of them, there's Mighty Networks and, of course, Facebook, uh, Patreon, and so forth. So um, I decided to launch a Patreon site. And Patreon is a site for creators to be able to earn a living um, on their based on their work. And there's different types of um, models of this. So some creators, like some artists that do painting, they will just do like a per creation sort of thing. And um, podcasters will do that as well. But uh, this podcast is free for everyone. And I'm not going to do a per creation. Plus, I really wanted to have a site that um, was a membership in that we, where we can create a community with each other and like minds in a sort of a safe, protected environment from, um, algorithms, uh, ads and, uh, you know, the dreaded trolls. So I think if people are willing to pay a small monthly fee to be part of a membership group, that the troll incidences will be much, much lower. And uh, people are going to be there who want to be there. And um, so, yeah, uh, Patreon is what I'm going with. So you can take a look. I'll put a link in the show notes. And it's the name of the podcast, Make and Decorate with Stephanie Socha Design. So that is what I have been working on. I took a long time to develop it and it's going to keep uh, evolving over time. And as people join and we start, you know, communicating with each other and, and working in new things. But one of the main uh, rewards, because there's, there's levels, there's tiers. So you can um, join at whatever um, amount that you prefer. And, uh, with the main basic tier, you get access to the, the Patreon feed, which is similar to like a Facebook group. And, um, you also will get a bonus episode that no one else will get. Only Patreon subscribers will have access to this monthly bonus episode. Uh, so I, um, yeah, so just take a look at that. I appreciate you taking a look. And if you do not want to do a monthly, I always have on my podcast page, a one-time donation button. Any amount is greatly appreciated and it will really help to, um, absorb the expenses that it takes to make and produce, uh, this podcast. All right, so let's talk a little bit about interior design. I have an interior design client that is writing her first cookbook. I think I may have mentioned this already. And uh, we've been helping her with tablescapes, styling, and decorating for photo shoots of her cookbooks. So this particular one, uh, we just had a photo shoot last weekend, and the um, subject of the photo shoot was French macarons. 
And I think there's a whole chapter dedicated uh, for French macaroons. All right, but here's what happened. Last week, we got at least three days of torrential rain and storms, lightning and wind, just continuous. And this garden party photo shoot uh, was scheduled for Saturday afternoon. And, uh, you know, the rain lightened up, but it was just still coming down, you know, uh, rain, intermittent rain and drizzles all day. So we had to um, move this garden party. And fortunately, this client has a beautiful, large wraparound porch. So we just moved it up there. And uh, it worked out great. Although it was a ton of work and a ton of like racing around, and, um, you know, just rearranging everything and using a different table uh, that they have up on their front porch. Um, we strung these really pretty outdoor, you know, garden lights, those those big bulb ones you, that uh, you commonly see on outdoor cafes and, uh, and stuff. They're really pretty. So overall, it just, it, it went really, really well. Uh, so that was last weekend. Um, oh, and <laughs> then the next day, it was a whirlwind weekend. I was like so exhausted by yesterday. But then we had the Bears game. And at Soldier Field downtown. And of course, you know, the rain continued. The storms came back that night. And um, I just really didn't want to go to this game. I just, I just, I had pneumonia last year. And now I'm just like, I don't want to be put in those types of situations where there's a lot of like rain and you're sitting in wet clothes or whatever. Uh, and it's just a conducive to like getting sick. So... I don't know. It's just, uh, my husband was like, oh, it's going to clear up. It clears up. He always says that because years ago we used to golf every week. And again, the stories with the weather and it's like, oh, it's going to blow over. It's going to be fine. And then we're sitting on the golf course in pouring down rain. Uh, so, um, anyway, that was the story, but. All said and done, I did go because it did clear up. It did stop raining for most of the afternoon that we were at the game. However, it did start raining in the last, you know, at least, I would say, hour of the game. It was a light rain, but it was still, still rain. We're still getting wet. Uh, but we won and it was a pretty good game and we had great seats. Um, tickets uh, that were given to us. Uh, so, uh, and for the game, this is what I wanted to mention. Uh, I pulled out my silhouette machine. The silhouette machine is a, um, what do they call it? It's like a, a cutting machine um, where you can um, use like these scalable, they're called SVG files, scalable vector um, graphic files. And uh, I just made my own Bears shirt because I didn't think about this till the last second and I couldn't get stuff sent to me soon enough for the game. And also NFL licensed uh, merchandise is super expensive and it's the same designs every year. It's the same, same, same. So I'm like, I'm going to make my own. So I got a, just a plain navy blue t-shirt and I got a bear design that said Chicago in the middle. I used this really cool white flock 
of vinyl, which was soft. So I had a soft bear. <laughs> and then um, our Chicago flag has four stars on it. So, and they're red. So I just used orange glitter because the bear's colors are navy blue and orange. And I just made those four stars underneath the bear um, in the orange glitter. And it turned out so cute. I, and it was really kind of a quick thing to do. And um, like in no time, like the machine just kind of like it cuts out whatever you send to it. So it cut out the bear shape and you just had to like take out all of the cuts that spelled out the uh, name Chicago and um, cut out the stars. And then I did another design on the sleeve. Uh, so it was really cool. I was really like proud of my design and I posted it on Instagram. So actually you can see photos of the um, garden party photo shoot. I put that on Instagram and uh, the um, my bear's shirt is on there. So you can go take a look. My Instagram is stephanie.socha.design. Okay, and I got a new baby nephew who was born on August 15th, and his name is Ian, and he is the most adorable little thing ever. So cute. Um, so that was really fun for our family, and uh, I got to see him because they kind of, they live in another state, about three and a half hours away, but it's still kind of a, a trip, so... um but I did get to see him, um, and he was like, what, two weeks old? Oh, I can't believe, newborn babies are so tiny. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just so different. It's crazy because, uh, the, the, the baby's next old, oldest sibling is, she's three. And, you know, you always think like, oh, she's the little one. She's like the baby. But now she seems so big next to this little newborn baby. It's crazy. But uh, it's been so much fun. And um, I am in still, I started quilting this a few weeks ago, but then I had to put it on hold to make this table topper and, you know, other things bumped in. But I'm getting back to it. So I got to get this done because the baby is already over a month old. And, um, I am quilting a, uh, panel that, um, it's like a mat that people use to lay down on the floor and they place the baby on it and, um, they'll kind of circle, um, how many day, I don't know, months, weeks, and days old they are. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing, uh, I gotta finish that very soon. And, um, the table topper that I made, uh, was for this garden party. I think I forgot to mention that, but I, I made a square, um, kerchief topper that went on top of the champagne cart. It's like a tea cart, but it, we, we used it as a champagne station and it turned out really good. I used a Liberty fabric on the back and for the bias mitered buying uh, flange. It's a flange, not binding. And um, the front of it was a really cute um, fabric with bees on it. And there was a really nice color palette because the uh, color palette going through this garden party was um, a coral color with uh, like a turquoise aqua blue. Um, so went in perfectly and looked really nice. So I was really pleased at how that turned out. 
All right. So that's just a little bit of what's been going around here in the last uh, month and a half. Uh, so we're going to get on with uh, my conversation with Jessica Kapitansky, and she is the owner of Sally Tomato. And that is a, it's a, she's got a bag making hardware, cork fabric. She designs bag patterns. Um, and she just uh, released actually in September, I believe, a new book. And, um, it's called Create with, uh, oh, sorry, Create with Cork Fabric. So I'll put a link in there. You can check out her book. If you purchase her book from her website, um, it says that it's, it will be a signed copy. So that's always nice to get the author's signature on a book. Uh, so yeah, here we go. Here's our conversation. So on today's episode, I have Jessica Kapitansky of Sally Tomato. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. Hi. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, this is so great um, because uh, I have been using your bag hardware. I love it, and a ton of people love it, and you've really become successful at it. And I just wanted Thanks. to have you on to talk about the bag hardware and... um you know, sometimes people are intimidated by the bag hardware. And even I was, because I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to put a slider in. I'm not even going to try it. And then I was realized, oh my gosh, that really wasn't that bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is great. Um, why don't we start with just um, how, like, where, where did your creativity come from? And did you always know that you wanted to do something creative as a career or, or mm -hmm. what type of crafts did you do um, that led you up to this point? Okay. Well, I've been sewing all my life. My mom taught me how to sew and um, I've tried all kinds of different crafts, scrapbooking, jewelry making, and I've just always come back to sewing. It's just always been my passion. And I, I've tried quilting and embroidery and I, I just found that it's really fun to figure out how the bags go together. I I look at a lot of purses um, in the store and ready to wear things and try to figure out like how do I make that pocket or like what how do you install that hardware and so I do a lot of research and um, like figuring out all those unique things and how to make it look professional but easy to do. So because I mean I'm <laughs> all for you know something you know enjoying making the bag and it doesn't have to take a long time for it to look good and right. yeah so, yeah <laughs> but um yeah I was making things and selling them on Etsy and my mom had suggested that I should try writing a pattern for it one of my um things that I was selling and so I tried writing the instructions and it was just so much fun trying to figure out how it all went together and <laughs> So it just kind of blossomed from there. <laughs> oh, so you were just making bags, just like making it up as you went along to the sty style that you wanted it to become before you yep. started making the patterns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So I was nice. actually, you know, making things and selling them. And um, then I switched over to writing the patterns instead. So great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And it's so cool that you learned sewing at a young age and from your mom. So not all of us have that. And it's, I think it's just a nice, you know, extra to have because it's just that it just, it's like second nature to you. 
Yeah. And it allows you to try all different kinds of arts and crafts. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny too, cause I also always come back to sewing. I mean, I've tried all too, <laughs> oh, yeah. but that's the one constant sewing and quilting. So mm-hmm. I really love it. And with the bags too, um, you know, sometimes quilting can take a long time and be a long project. And I always love to like take a break from it or if I'm done with it, I switch and do something that I can get done in a day, which is a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and it's so fun and so fulfilling. Like when you make something that actually looks like you could have purchased it uh, because your hardware elevates that. I, mm-hmm. I I really do believe it because once you start putting like that rose gold, I let this one of my favorite finishes oh, uh, besides yeah. the iridescent, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it just elevates the bag to that much more. And people are just like, they can't believe you made it. So it's a good feeling. It is. Yeah, that's great. So um, then you started making the patterns. And then when did you start incorporating hardware and selling that? Mm -hmm. Well, I was very lucky to live only 15 minutes away from Nancy's Notions retail store. So that's Nancy's Eman's store. And um, so I worked there. All throughout high school. And then when I was in college, I actually worked at a quilt shop too. So I would be helping customers and we'd be looking at the back of a pattern. And um, they would ask me like, well, why don't you have this supply in the store or this supply? And I wouldn't have the answer for them. But I always just having that experience made me realize that I wanted to make sure that whatever pattern that I designed, I would have all the supplies available. Mm -hmm. So that's what brought in the idea of the hardware and then added on the zippers and the cork fabric and all of that. Yeah. That, yeah, that's how that, that started. That is a very key thing. I, I think uh, t- having everything somebody needs because, you know, it's sometimes that'll stop someone from even taking the project on. And they're like, oh, my gosh, where am I going to find these D-rings and <laughs> yeah. zipper by the yards and stuff like that? So mm-hmm. that's a very good, I think, uh part of your business plan and what's made it pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so then... You're, so just for the listeners that, to know that you're, you're in Wisconsin. So that's where the Nancy's Notions is at. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, yep. and then, um, then you started to sell wholesale because, um, you know, it started popping up all over the place in quilt shops and online shops. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is about the connections that you make in relationships and things. So, I mean, being at Nancy's, I pitched one of my patterns and the hardware to the buyer, and they, they put it in the catalog. And um, so I was really lucky to be able to, you know, do that. And um, I practically grew up in the retail store since my mom worked there, too. So I knew a lot of the people in the building. And so getting started, I, they gave me some advice. And I had no idea that there were distributors or, you know, the whole back side of the sewing industry, how that all worked and all the behind the scenes and everything. So, yeah, I mean, in order to really grow my business, it's it's been um, working with the shops and getting the product out there has really helped. So, Oh, that's good. It really, <laughs> really helps that you had that background at working at a quilt shop. I mean, I think that's a pretty strong mm-hmm. experience that could, that you could use. 
to catapult yeah. your business like that. Yeah. And let's talk about the name. It's Sally Tomato. Cause uh, oh, yeah. do people like call you Sally when they see you or if they email <laughs> oh, you, they're like, hi, Sally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't mind. Um, Sally is my middle name. Okay. And then tomato, like a tomato pan cushion. So mm-hmm. it just kind of, it went together and I love classic movies and Sally Tomato is a character from the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. So um, just to kind of tie that in, it's just really special to me. So. Yeah, and I just think it's such a clever name. I, I love Thanks. it. It just flows. Sally Tomato. And when um, someone says, like, Sally Tomato, the first thing I think of are your bag hardware and the patterns and the zippers. I mean, it's just that association with the oh, name awesome. and the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so really cool. Yeah, that's a, a really good name. It just rolls off your tongue. So, and it is part of your name. It's your middle name. So, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then you you got into with distributors, and I saw you uh, back in April at the quilt festival show. You had a gorgeous booth. Um, merchandised really well. And so you, you start, you started with hardware, right? The bag hardware. Yep. Well, your patterns, the bag hardware and then zippers, yep. right? Yes. You added zippers. Mm-hmm. And the zippers that you have, they are, go ahead and talk about them because they're pretty unique. Sure. And, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I have five different colors of hardware and I, I love the, the metal look of zippers, but it had always scared me sewing with them and that I would break a needle and I never had the right length that I needed Mm -hmm. and they didn't come in all the colors of metal. Usually there's just the nickel and then the gold. Sometimes you find antique. So, um, I did some research and figured out that you can, um, have a nylon coil zipper with a metallic finish. So I had them all matched to my hardware so you could coordinate your zipper to your hardware and then it's safe to cut and sew over. So it's, and it's uh, by the yard, so you can put a zipper pull on the tape, and then you cut whatever length you need. And you can even make double slide zippers that have two pulls on them, so that even looks more professional. And so I've just, I use them in all of my bags. They're so convenient and easy to use. They are. And this is another thing I think is so brilliant, and I wish that I thought of it first. (laughs) Because... That by the yard is what, um, I'm an interior designer and that's what our workrooms use. They, you know, when they sure. make cushions, seat cushions, pillows, that sort of thing, they are cutting by the yard zippers and, you know, they have the assemble, you know, with the zipper pull and stuff. But, um, but they use like very neutral. You know, they, they recently mm-hmm. in the last couple of years added gray, but before that it was like, you know, white, wow. tan, or black. <laughs> that was it. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I loved using that. I, I still, you know, almost done with my tan roll because it's like 25 yards of what they do. But that's why. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited when I saw your zippers and you're right. They could sew right through them and not worry about your needle breaking. And the fact that they match your hardware, it's just, I mean, I I think mm-hmm. people people love that. I love it. So um, <laughs> yeah, and and th- there was nothing out there really that I know of. I knew of th- that existed before that. So yeah. really great. I mean, it's so innovative of you, and um, I think it's um, more efficient too to have like zipper by the yard because you can make several zippers can add up. 
So oh, yeah. you can yeah. really use use a lot in three yards because yours are three yards, I think. Yep, three yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it contains uh, many zipper heads. So, um, and it's it's easy to use and easy to work with, and they're so pretty. Oh, the iridescent, and I have used the. Um, I think you call it copper, but I I call it rose gold. <laughs> yep, rose gold. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So really cool. Yeah. All right. So then. Um, Oh, cork. So when did you start offering cork? Because that, that actually has come onto our scene of the sewing industry fairly recently, maybe in the last five years, I guess I would say, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually saw it at a quilt market, and I, I think it, w- it was one of the distributors that was starting to sell it. And I started sewing with it, and I I never realized how easy it would be to sew with. And I mean, if anybody is starting out and they've never tried sewing with cork, I mean, just try making some straps for your bag or using it as an accent for applique or the bottom of a tote. And um, it comes in so many different colors. And I get mine from Portugal. So I've found that there's different qualities of cork out there. And so I I try just to have the the highest quality cork for the bags because if you're using it every day and you're spending all this money on supplies, you want to have a nice quality cork mm-hmm. uh, in your bag too. So. Yeah, so true because if you're, I mean, it, it is a little labor intensive when you're like triple folding over to make straps and top stitching. I mean, yeah, you, you're putting that right. effort into it. You want it to, to be able to last mm-hmm. <laughs> with wear and tear um, and also use your purse feet so that you save the bottom of your purse. <laughs> True, yes. <laughs> That's another thing. Purse that feet are so hard, easy right? to install. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so, such a high-end feature in bags that you buy retail. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't find purse feet really in like bags from Target or Kohl's. They're, they're always in the bags from like, you know, Neiman's or whatever. Those True, types yes. of bags. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we really are like making our own couture handbags. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. So yeah. let's talk about um, just uh, what you need for ba- bag making, because I did an episode early on and I did talk about it because um, uh, some people, that's all they make now. They're, they're like bag makers. Um, other people like me make a lot of different things. So quilting, home deck, apparel, and bags. But, um, I did find and I did get a little bit more of a heavy duty sewing machine for bag making. And boy, does that ease up the process like no other. I mean, it's really, mm-hmm. if, if people can, can do it. And there are machines out there that don't cost that much that are heavy duty for bag making. So what, tell me like what you think, you know, are the, like the tools, the sewing machines and, and that sort of thing, presser feet, what you need for successful bag making. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it just depends on the pattern too. Like um, usually you're domestic machine is fine. The machine I sew on is a straight stitch machine um, by Baby Lock, and it's called the Accomplish. And so it just has a straight stitch, but it's super powerful. One of my favorite features about that machine is um, it's so easy to change the foot pressure. Uh So that's the amount of pressure that the foot is putting down on your fabric. And so if you're going through thickness, you can um, lessen up the foot pressure, and it's a little easier to go through those thicker materials, which is nice. Um, I know other machines can do that too, but 
Um, so that's what I sew on. Mm-hmm. But um, for like when you're sewing with other materials uh, for bag making, a Teflon foot is really nice. So vinyl or cork um, that just glides right over the, the fabric really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing any quilted bags, a walking foot is really handy um, for quilting all your fabrics together. Usually I use a Microtex needle mm-hmm. that's a little bit sharper and has it's really nice for piecing and top stitching. Um, and just generally for bag making, normally if you're a quilter, it's a quarter inch seam allowance. And so if you're new to bags, you're probably going to see three eighths or a half inch. So just be aware of that. Um, and then another important thing is interfacing. And oh, yes. So it... I know, like, for quilting, you're used to the quilt batting, but when for bag making, it's just not going to give you that shape that you want and that professional look. Right. So, yeah, interfacing is really important, too. Um, and there's a lot of neat products on the market now, like different foam and fusibles yeah. to get easier. And, yeah, the foam, yeah, the foam, too, has been a fairly recent um, addition to, like, being accessible yeah. to us. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, the creatives in our world drive that marketplace sometimes and that, you know, you have a need for a particular type of a notion or tool. And then like someone like Annie by Annie just makes that her soft and stable foam, soft which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she like started off with like the auto, <laughs> the auto <laughs> foam, you know, which the headliner. Uh, yeah. yeah. The headliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. who knew? And, and that foam is so easy to sew with, but it, it, you're like you said, it really does make it look more professional looking and it gives yeah. it that structure and shape that's yeah. so slouchy and stuff. So. And I just love how. Like if you're working on a bigger bag or something that's a unique shape, you can just squish it down under your machine and then it'll pop right back into yeah, shape. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. It's so cool. It's up really great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And and you don't need that. That's another thing that um, even I, like at first, was like, oh my gosh, what it, what are all these interfacings and how do I figure this out? But it's yeah. not that hard. I, I mean, just you tell me your experience, but I'll just tell you like – I can like whittle it down to like two, maybe three. And the one is yep. like that um, SF 101, which is just like mm-hmm. a fusible, like woven cotton yeah. uh, interfacing just to like make your pieces really crisp. And then the foam that we just talked about. And then maybe once in a while you need that real thick one, the, the Pelon, what, 71 or whatever, just for the bottom of your bag. Those yeah. are the three usually that I kind of, you know, kind of have on hand. But is there anything else that you think? Yeah, you usually use? those are my go-tos as well. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the woven interfacing. So that's just like to back your cotton fabrics and your yeah. line things. Um, but sometimes I'll use a fusible fleece. It just depends on the bag too, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My phone started ringing. I'm like, well, <laughs> turn it off. Uh-oh. <laughs> I usually turn that off before I start. So yeah, I think, you know, it just simplifies it and then it takes all of the guesswork out. But yeah, that woven interfacing is a little more expensive and, you know, some people, if they're, you know, wondering, well, I might just use that cheaper non-woven, you know, stuff and I've used it and there is a difference. So find it, you know, you can always find it on sale with those coupons at, you know, the big box place, but (laughs) (laughs) 
it really is worth it, I think, to invest oh, yeah. in that woven mm-hmm. um, interfacing. Yeah. So, um, all right. What about thread? Sure. I usually sew with a polyester versus a cotton okay. just because it's a little bit stronger for bags. Mm-hmm. And it isn't, it isn't as linty as well for the right. bags. All so right. Is that what you use or... I, I've been using cotton really. So like a, oh, okay. a 40 weight, but I have heard like in apparel, I use polyester because it's stronger and you're, pu- you're pulling on seams and stuff. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that you could use really. So it's pretty versatile though. I think with bag making, you can, you can go really anyway. Um, sure, yeah. If you want to do top stitching though, um, then do you change your threads up or do you, how do you, how do you make it where it really shows up? Oh, yeah. I I usually like to lengthen my stitch length a little bit. Uh, and okay. Then, um, yeah, I'll switch to a thicker thread, like a 30 weight. Oh, okay. So it just looks a little bit more defined for the top stitching. The straight stitch machines are really popular with bag making. And um, when you get all these layers together, it really just helps to, like get that fabric through better than like this, the general all-in-one combo machines. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, by having a machine that just has the one function, it's going to be really, really good <laughs> at yeah. doing that versus when you add in a machine that has the ability to do a zigzag, then that's a whole nother set of machinery that goes into the machine and then mm-hmm. um it's just it just does really really well with the bags just being able to do the straight stitch yeah, so. because most like most straight stitch machines just have that straight stitch plate which is what your needle goes up and down yeah, into and, and that mm-hmm. hole is just large enough for that needle <laughs> so your yeah. fabric doesn't get all like garbled into that little hole and yeah you know, tangled up yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. I forgot. I wanted to mention that too for people who are thinking of, you know, which type of machine to get. But generally, you know, any, like you said, any type of straight stitch machine would be pretty, pretty good for bag making. Mm-hmm. Even all the way, to, even to like the vintage ones. So mm-hmm. they're pretty heavy duty too. Yeah, the yeah. Vintage straight stitch machines. So, um, yeah, um, cause you know, when I make bags, I normally do make them on my straight stitch machine and not my, you know, fancier Bernina one, because it's just that machine just handles the layers so much better. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes too, I'll, um, if I'm going through thickness, I'll loosen up the tension a little bit and that mm-hmm. just helps the thread catch better through all the layers. And yeah. So, okay, great. Okay. So, um, all right. Oh, so let's talk about bag hardware. <laughs> you, you're going to be the, the authority on this. So talk about like the most generally used and how people can incorporate that into their bag sewing. Okay. Yeah. If you're new to purse hardware, I always recommend starting with either the purse feet or a magnetic snap. And usually that's something that if your pattern doesn't call for it, you can add it either at the top of your bag or for a pocket to help keep it closed for a magnetic snap. Um, and it's, it's a great, um, they're great basic pieces of hardware that, um, are kind of like the foundation for the rest of the hardware. So 
you install them with prongs and basically you just cut little slits in your fabric you poke the prongs through and then you bend them to keep it in place and so I've researched a bunch of other different hardware and brought in some unique things um there is new hardware called strap connectors so Mm. that um it's a piece of metal that you attach to your bag and then you attach your strap to that to hold it to your bag and it they just look super professional because you have that metal on your bag and it makes them stronger too but those are installed the exact same way as a magnetic snap so um i haven't installed those yet so that's good to know okay (laughs) yeah and um i mean there's other i try to find hardware that just has the prongs so that way you know, if you've done a magnetic snap, you can basically do all the other types as well. Right, um, right. The other common way to install hardware is with screws. So you just screw it to your bag, which is easy. All you need is a screwdriver. So really, you don't need any fancy tools for this hardware. It's yeah, it's except your seam ripper and a screwdriver. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and I used to be like this, but now that I've used it so often, I'm not as afraid to like cut those little slits anymore. Like, because it's just like you're like, okay, hopefully this is yeah. in the right location because it's like you know, once you <laughs> cut it, there's no going back. But definitely, it's not yeah. that bad. I mean, as long as you measure. Um and mark and I mean usually you're just doing it right in the center of something. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So everybody just get over your fear of <laughs> making those little slits in your fabric. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> once you get it in there, it looks it's just amazing. It's pretty cool. Um so mm-hmm. um and uh there's other like specialty bag hardware because I saw this at your booth at the the show and I bought a set. I haven't made the bag yet. I was supposed to make it for a summer bag and here we are like in late summer. <laughs> I still don't have it made, but it, it will get made. But um, you had this, um, I should have pulled them out, but I, f- I forgot. They were, they're a round set mm-hmm. of handles yep. and then you install them right onto the bag itself and... And then, you know, they're just, they're just kind of like these really big, like they look like bracelets. They're big, round metal handles and they look so cool. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I remember getting those. You should try it. (laughs) No, I need to. I do need to. And uh, this is another thing. Like when I saw you at the show, I saw the pattern I wanted and um, you had samples made up. And this is what we need. We need to see like all these ideas because especially if we're kind of newish to it and I haven't been making bags that long, maybe just a couple of years, but, um, you know, just to see those handles used in a couple of different, you know, bag situations, you had like other bags yeah. out there and then you had your patterns, but then you have that hardware all in a tidy little package sold. <laughs> so it, I have everything I need. I don't have to worry about it. I know that everything I need is in that little package for the hardware. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Thanks. It's really cool. Yeah. And I'm trying to do patterns designed around the hardware, but then I have tutorials on YouTube how to do all the hardware too. So you can, I mean, add them to whatever bag that you like, but then that gives you kind of a starting point Mm -hmm. of how it it actually looks on a bag and how it's used. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is so new. It and is. I get a lot of questions like, what does this even look like on a bag? Right. So I just have lots of samples. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Cause we just, we're all visual 
people, creatives, and we need to see <laughs> see it in its application. And then we're like, oh, yes, now. Yeah. And then and we then get our creative juices going, and then we're just off, off and yes, running. Yes, then you run with it. And exactly. So inspired yeah. by everybody else's creations, yeah, too. so cool. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. you had tons of cork at that show. I just like a whole huge bin of all of these different cork. It was really nice. I love cork fabric and it is. I was surprised too at how easy it is to sew it. A lot more easy mm-hmm. than sewing with leather. Because you don't need yeah. like any special leather foot. All you need is a Teflon foot and the Teflon feet are fairly inexpensive to, to buy. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but they do make a difference. Um, so talking about cool fabrics for bags cork is one of them and um cork is kind of like um you know you can just wipe it's like leather or vinyl you can wipe it down to to clean it off and it's it's kind of like resembles sort of like a faux leather but it's it's cork fabric yeah Mm -hmm. and then um just uh talk about other cool fabrics that people could incorporate into their bags yeah, there's, I mean, vinyl is probably the most common out there that um, is easier to find. So another new material that I've worked with it a little bit is wax canvas. Oh, and yeah. um, I've, you can wax your own fabric or you could buy a canvas that's already pre-waxed. And so there's more patterns that are coming out that use wax canvas, which is nice, but that. It's like a a waterproof material, so it's really nice for bag making. And I haven't used that yet, so I wasn't quite sure on what the whole, you know, like, I guess, I I, I thought that kind of like maybe it was for the texture because it kind of gets that little crinkly sort of type. Yeah. Texture to it, but I didn't know it was waterproof. So, so the wax waterproofs the canvas fabric. You know, cork is cool too because you don't have to interface it or anything. I mean, it's just already backed mm-hmm. with sort of like a knit backing, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's a woven backing. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it oh, easy. Oh, woven. To okay. Not knit. Yep. Woven. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. The, the wax canvas I'm curious about. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see uh, what happens if, yeah. you, if you start selling it. <laughs> it's a little expensive, though, you know? It's like even, I think it's a little even more expensive than cork, isn't it? Wax canvas? Um, yeah, it's about the same price Oh, is point. it? Okay. Depends. Yeah. Right, I'm looking but... in the wrong spot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I think, too, like some other cool fabrics that get incorporated are maybe like some mesh fabrics for pockets or whatever and what else oh clear vinyl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the the mesh is nice for pockets because i mean if you've already got these layers of interfacing and foam in your cork then the mesh is really thin and that you don't have to put a backing on it or anything Mm -hmm. so yeah i like using that for pockets a lot and yeah and all you have to really do is put like a little binding or bias whatever on the top right Yep, Fab- just kind of fabric. the yeah. top edge and cool. Yeah, sew it into the seams, side yeah. side seams. All right. Uh, what? Anything else? Any other types of cool fabricy stuff? Or well, I've got some ideas in the works, but <laughs> okay. But we're gonna yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Good to yeah. know. It's coming up. Okay. Uh, all right. We talked about the zippers, cool fabrics. Oh, your patterns. So which 
of your patterns do you recommend for beginners? And then which one would you recommend to intermediate and advanced? Just so people have something. When they go to your website, because I'm going to put a link in the show notes, then they can kind of know what to look for. Okay. Yeah. My easiest pattern that I have is one of my free patterns. It's called the Lucky Penny Wallet. And that you just need a quarter yard of cork or vinyl. Um, oh, you could use craft text too. That's oh, okay. that's another material for bag making. What is craft text? Craft text is a, a paper product, but you can cut and sew through it. It's another one of those materials that's an alternative to leather. So it kind of has that crinkly look to it. Um, and it is washable too. Wow. But so you can leave just any fabric that you can leave raw edge, you can make the wallet out of. And okay. it takes like 10 minutes to sew. It is super easy oh, cool. uh, for beginners if you are if you want to try out one of those new materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just a free download on the website. All right, good. But, yeah, if you're ready to make a bag, then um, I just came out with a pattern called Ginger. And you get to learn how to add a magnetic snap and add a zipper. There's a pocket in the lining, and then you could also use cork or cotton. So I try to write my patterns so that way you can use cork fabric if you want. But if you don't want to, then you could also use that cotton just because I know it is more expensive. And yeah. There are so many pretty prints out there of cotton, so yeah, yeah. Um, they're fun to feature on your bags. Okay, And cool. then, yeah, probably my most challenging pattern or for those advanced mm-hmm. bag makers is um, the Townsend Travel Bag. Mm. And that has a train case style bottom and you can use it as a carry-on. So there's a suitcase strap on the back. And so I tried to make oh. that very functional. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. That's great. So now I can direct people to kind of like where they can look for their, whatever their level of sewing is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Uh, all right. Let's talk about, oh, this just happened. Talk about your, your grand opening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, just up until about a month ago, my business has always been out of my house. So all the hardware and zippers were in the basement and then in some of our den and our garage. And, and when I get a huge shipment of cork fabric in, I would move all the furniture away in the living room and cut the cork in the living room. So it was taking over the house. It was time to go to a separate space for the business. So um, I found a place downtown in the town that I live in and I... I just started renting it. So, um, yeah, now, and I, I have a little area set up for the storefront. I'm not going to have regular hours for now. I'm just going to be open by appointment. So, cause it is a very small town and we are kind of remote. So, um, but we're always there working. So if anybody wants to come visit the store, let me know and I'll open it up and, um, yeah, we've got everything there. So it, it's wonderful to have it out of the house, especially with the baby, too. And mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and, it, and it's in your, your town, so it's not like you have to commute or travel too far to get to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw photographs, and the storefront, like you guys were standing outside in the front, and you could kind of see, you know, the bags displayed in your windows. It was really cute. Yeah. It's Thanks. so cute. It's a cute little downtown area. It is. The storefront was kind of like that quaint, you know, little 
little mm-hmm. town. Yeah. Like really nice. And I thought it was cool because I did see that you, you said, um, open by appointment. And I think that's a really smart and great idea. It's almost like your studio workspace and, yeah. and sort of like your inventory space. So, um, yep. but it's pretty because. <laughs> You've got your product in there and you've got your samples up and everything. So it can be a shop when you need it to be. And then yep. it's, it's your, your daily studio workspace and yep. those retail, like there's huge windows. So I'm sure you get like some daylight, maybe not in the sides, but at least in, through the front windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll open up the front door sometimes and it'll be a nice breeze comes in and I'll, it's nice to have the sunshine and everything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little building. So yeah, really cool. That's congratulations because I Thank mean, you. yeah, it's and it's it's good that you know like um, the direction and what you need and that because you know these days brick and mortars are just so tough to run and mm-hmm. operate in in the you know quilt and fabric or whatever world, but um, to to utilize it because you're really I mean you've been an online business, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're mainly online yeah. and selling to shops and yeah. distributors. So, yeah, I mean, it's always been a dream of mine to have my own store, but we're doing really well how we are now. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah. online is really good, um, especially because, like, you're a busy mother right now, too. You're a busy <laughs> mom. And, you know, to have to, like, um, have retail store hours and staff and all that other stuff that takes away from your, you know, pattern writing and mm-hmm. um, all that other stuff. Um, the, it's, it's really smart. So I really like that format that you have. And, um, there was, I had another guest on, um, Irina from Sugary Dew and she's in the Netherlands and she had the same setup. She had this beautiful little retail space mm-hmm. and it was her studio. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a shop, but, you know, sort of looked like it could be a shop. And she would have events, too. She would have, like, these oh, cool. events every now and then. And then people would come and they would have a night of, you know, uh, crafting. Um, they would do crochet. So I, I thought that was pretty brilliant. I was like, this is really a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good that you have distributed it to quilt shops because then it even reaches a wider audience that then can come find you. Yeah. And there's a yeah. lot of people who like to see it in person because they're not sure um, what they want to use with their fabrics. And they like okay. to try it out, and especially with all the zipper colors, too. Yeah, so congratulations on the opening, grand opening of your, you know, storefront studio Thanks. space. And um, I think you've got some upcoming things, like a book release coming up, right? Yep. Yeah, so... What can you, what can you tell us about that? <laughs> So I have done a ton of research um, on cork fabric to write a book on cork. So I've, I've got a whole introduction, how to sew with it, like the, the do's and don'ts of cork fabric. And then um, I've created 17 projects. There's um, some, of course, bags <laughs> yep. and then um, some home decor and accessories. So I tried to get really creative. There's a a woven basket made out of cork fabric. Oh. There's a wreath with cork fabric, um, a little box clutch, which is fun. So all kinds of things. I tried to do a variety. And so that'll be published with CNT Publishing this okay. fall. So. In the fall. Okay, great. So yeah. when yeah. this episode airs, this probably might be coordinating with the time 
of that yes. maybe. Yeah, late September. Yep, it'll come out. It'll be released September 4th. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so it'll definitely be available by the time this episode airs. So that's great. And it's very exciting. I can't wait for your book to come out. And um, I do have any other upcoming events or trade shows that you're going to be at where people can come see you or. Yeah. So I'll be um, at fall market and festival in Houston. Okay. So that'll be the, the next trade show I'll be at. Um, and then there's, Lots of things planned for next year already, and I do have an events calendar on my website, so if oh, anyone's ever interested in seeing where I'm teaching or where I'm going to be at the next show, I've got it all laid out on there. Where can people find you online? I'm going to put it on the show notes, so I'll put all the links to her website and everything, but you could just say it um, on the podcast here in case someone just wants to like sure, take a mental yeah. note. <laughs> My my website is sallytomato.com, and that's Sally with an I-E. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook a lot. Um, I have a Facebook group, so if you ever make any of my patterns, I would love to see it, and you can share it in the group. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. IG and Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, well, anything else you want to put out there? Oh, it's just been a crazy year, and it's... It's just been great seeing everybody's loving all the products and I've got more ideas coming. So (laughs) I love it. Just keep them coming because even at that festival that I was at in Chicago, your booth was just like, just throngs of people. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You guys were busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, really busy, but it's good. It's good to be busy and, and congratulations on all your success. It's so well-deserved and you just, you can tell you you work so hard and it really um, shows with your product. I feel like that you, there's a lot of care and thought taken with it with how, just like how we talked about your bag hardware and how it's displayed and even packaged and, and you really think about even how you display stuff together, the hardware, the bag samples and the patterns. So really well done. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited about your hardware. I love your zippers and everything. So I'm looking forward to the cork book. And, uh, yeah, so thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon then, huh? Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, that wraps up the first episode of season two. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to check out the show notes and uh, my Patreon page. I love uh, chatting with all of you guys and hope to do it more uh, on the Patreon site and our membership group. Okay, talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. And you can find me on my website. The podcast is there in the show notes at stephaniesochadesign.com, on Instagram, and on YouTube.